Welcome to Global Outpouring, where we contend for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit promised in Joel 2.28, and we equip for the outpouring so that we may engage in the outpouring. I'm Philip Buss. And I'm Sharon Buss. Welcome to the podcast today. We're going to go into part two of one of hell's best kept secrets. It's great that you're with us again today. If you want to give us some feedback, we have an email address, feedback at globaloutpouring.org. So we'd love to hear from you. It would be so great if you would let us know if this is being a blessing to you. And I'm going to be referring to my book, Rich Wounds, An Eternal Perspective on Suffering, that's available on our website. And it's also available on Amazon if you want to go there. But you can get to it from globaloutpouring.org. I hope you listened to last week's podcast, but if you didn't, we've been talking about one of hell's best kept secrets, which is that unforgiveness will take you to hell. And hardly anybody ever preaches about it, but it's in the verses right after the Lord's Prayer. And, you know, we've, we've prayed the Lord's Prayer for years. Forgive us our debts or our trespasses as we forgive our debtors or those who trespass against us. But just below that, it says that if you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven. And then Jesus told the parable about the servant that was forgiven a huge debt by the king. And then he was mean to another servant, his fellow servant, that owed him a very small amount in comparison. And he had him thrown into debtor's prison, and the king found out about it and raged at the man and threw him to the tormentors. (laughs) Then that's the message, that if we don't forgive, we will not be forgiven. So if you are a believer and you have Jesus living inside of you, you have the best forgiver there is, already resident. Mm. He's there. He's available. He can help you forgive. Because what happened when he was on the cross? I find it very interesting what the Passion Translation gives because it gives a better sense of what it says in the original. Luke 23, 33. When they came to the place that is known as the skull, the guards crucified Jesus, nailing him on the center cross between the two criminals. While they were nailing Jesus to the cross, he prayed over and over, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. Sometimes you have to pray things over and over. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you just have to say it again and again. It's not that you don't believe it. It's just that as things just keep getting worse, you got to say it again. (laughs) And, and sometimes it's, it's a challenge to forgive. But one thing I've found myself is that when I'm having a hard time forgiving someone, or if someone has done something to me, before I even say, Lord, I forgive, I begin to ask Father, forgive them. Because Mm. as I intercede for others, it helps me to forgive. So that's a secret for you. I want to refer to a book that I wrote about three years ago. It's called Rich Wounds, An Eternal Perspective on Suffering. I've kind of compiled a lot of stories in it of different events in people's lives, different things that they've gone through, different kinds of suffering and how the Lord has helped them to overcome and what it means to overcome 
and and how suffering has an eternal glory that comes with it. Mm-hmm. You Did mentioned you? you compiled other people's, but it's your own story too. Well, that's true. <laughs> it started with my own story, and my story is there throughout the whole book. But I want to share something that a sister that uh, we have known, she's, she's gone to be with the Lord now, and she shared a story of a deep wound that is the kind of thing that's hard to forgive. And perhaps, perhaps there's a listener or two or more that have gone through this. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's almost an unforgivable thing. But God gives the grace to forgive. And this section of the chapter is called Raped. God's grace is sufficient. Sister M shares, I was robbed and raped by two men in the early morning hours of June 1st, 1991. As soon as the men left, I picked up my Bible and I started reading out loud the first five Psalms. I read five per day. The next thing I recall was all this love being poured into my heart and like a whooshing sound. I was lifted up into heavenly places. Then out of my spirit came the song, My Glory and the Lifter of My Head. I sang this song over and over for many days. The same afternoon of the incident, the Lord said for me to pray for the two men. I had no anger or resentment towards them. I told the Lord, first I'll forgive them. And then I prayed. I have no idea how I prayed, probably in tongues. Days later, the Lord said, This is how I want you to pray for these two men. As Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Hmm. And as Stephen prayed, Father, lay not this sin to their charge. Now, when Stephen, this is when Stephen was being stoned to death. He said, lay not this sin to their charge. He left the planet forgiving. Wow. So, And even for this happening, you know, she was robbed. She was raped and robbed. Raped and robbed, so we don't know. What they took money-wise, might yeah. have stole her car too. We, we don't know. I don't know and, what they took. And then abused her and yeah, and, and left her. And left. So I, I'm, I'm trying to, to wow. share an overcomer's story. Yeah. But it wasn't an easy thing. I'm, I'm not saying that, that if this is easy. It's not easy, but it's necessary mm-hmm. if you want to go to heaven. And I think we all do. So she says, every day... I prayed for these two men after first meditating on 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8 from the Amplified, especially verse 5, which says, I'll take no account of the evil done to me, not to a suffered wrong. Mm. Let me just read that. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights or its own way, for it is not self-seeking, it is not touchy or fretful or resentful, it takes no account of the evil done to it. It pays no attention to a suffered wrong. Hmm. From the beginning, the Lord said, as I would read his word, the word, Jesus, would heal me. It was very hard to come back home and be by myself after spending some weeks with family members. From the first day, I kept prophesying that I would have to go through this. Twice, I had to return to my family to get some sleep. So you see, she really was suffering from this. Mm -hmm. This was not an easy thing to get over. She, I mean, you're talking about PTSD, post-traumatic stress syndrome. Yeah. But this is how she got through it. During this time, I meditated on fear scriptures, man's and God's, and on peace and healing. I was also praying for the police and special investigators for my case that God would give them success. This was done in love. I praise God for the gift of tongues to help me pray during the <laughs> night hours against the fear and terror. In September, remember this started on June 1st, 
In September, the Lord spoke to me through the book of Jonah. I was no longer to pray that the police would capture these men. That night was the first night I slept in over three months. Wow. I continued to pray for the two men and their salvation. On Sunday, October 6th, the Lord said I was no longer to call them my enemies, but my brothers. The burden was lifted. I believe with all my heart that these two men are now saved. And isn't that what it's all about, to get people saved? Glory to God. Hmm. I can't believe it only took four months to get the victory. To God be the glory, the lifter of my head. And then she goes on to say, Three weeks ago the Holy Spirit led me to praise the Lord for allowing me to go through this experience, all for his eternal purposes. During this time, June through October, I felt the prayers of the saints, and I knew I wasn't alone in this. Others were praying, being my errands and hers. And that's referring to when Israel was fighting a battle and Moses was up above on the mountain overlooking the battlefield. And he, as long as he held his arms up, <laughs> then Israel was winning. And when he let his arms down, Israel was losing. So Aaron and Hur came and stood beside him and held up his arms so that Israel could win. And then she just thanked us for, for our prayers and, and declared how God is good. It's about overcoming. It's about keeping on praying. Like Jesus continued to say, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Father, mm-hmm. forgive them. They know not. They don't know what they're doing. You know, with every blow, Father, forgive them. Bang. Father, forgive them. Bang. Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Only it was probably said with agony in his voice and really he says that about us because each one of us have done enough sins to nail him to the cross and we want to be forgiven he paid all of that price to forgive us and to be able to come and live inside of us so that he can give us the grace to forgive here's another story this one is called overcome by laughter Emily Osterloh did a lot of biblical counseling. She wrote about this incident in her book, Vignettes of God's Love, Small Stories of God's Ministry to People in Crisis. So this is a quote from her book. What a joy it is to know that God laughs. Psalm 2, verse 4. When counseling at a woman's retreat, I shared in the joy as the Lord restored laughter to a woman who had lost her laughter many years before because of anger, bitterness, and the load of responsibility she had taken upon herself. She came into our counseling room, wobbling from the oxygen container she dragged with her, Mm. emphysema from smoking, she told us. Lips pressed together, a frown on her face, she was the picture of anger and frustration. She talked. Then as the Lord began to take her back to the roots, she became very quiet. Her eyes became wet. I expected tears. But suddenly she broke into laughter. She laughed and laughed, then stopped in amazement and gasped, He has given me back my laughter. Hmm. She had been raped at 13. 13. Repeatedly been told she was stupid, felt unworthy, and had taken on responsibilities for her adult children that were no longer hers. As the Lord ministered to her, she murmured, I'm beautiful and precious. I don't need to feel bad. I'm not bad. I'm okay. I can laugh again. I haven't laughed in years and years. Now all of that seems funny. Hmm. She continued to laugh. Her head became erect. 
We laughed with her. As she thanked the Lord for what he had done, she broke into smiles, and her face became beautiful. Now weeks later, when thinking of her, I begin to laugh and get my daily dose of heavenly medicine. Proverbs 17:22. A merry heart does good like a medicine. Uh-huh. Isn't that tremendous? Yeah, it's beautiful. These are people that have been scarred yeah. by tragedy, scarred by abuse, scarred by somebody doing something they had no right to do. Mm-hmm. And God can heal it. Yeah. And God can restore. And God can give us the grace to forgive. Mark 11, verses 24 through 26. This is a familiar scripture, particularly verse 24. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Don't we all know that scripture? Mm-hmm. Aren't yeah. we standing on that scripture? Yeah. We have we have faith that when we when we pray, and that if we believe, we're going to receive what we're what we desire. But then mm-hmm. the next two verses put a uh, condition. A condition. <laughs> These next two verses put a condition on getting what you desire. And when you stand praying, forgive, if you have aught against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. How does it read in the Passion? This is the reason I urge you to boldly believe for whatever you ask for in prayer. Be convinced that you have received it, and it will be yours. And whenever you stand praying... If you find that you carry something in your heart against another person, release him and forgive him, so that your Father in heaven will also release you and forgive you of your faults. But if you will not release forgiveness, don't expect your Father in heaven to release you from your misdeeds. Wow. Yeah. It's very, very serious. Very serious. Do you want to be forgiven? You must forgive. Yes, you must. It doesn't matter how many times, 70 times 7, as we. Yes. Jesus said to Peter. Yes. Even when it just annoys us over and over and over, sometimes it's just a petty annoyance. <laughs> uh, but sometimes it's serious. Yeah. Sometimes it's, it's unforgivable things. Mm-hmm. But there is a grace to be able to forgive unforgivable things. Yeah. Even rape, even horrific things. God does give the grace to forgive. And it's it's critical that we forgive. You know, when you hold on to bitterness, it's rather like drinking a cup of poison and hoping that the person you're bitter against dies from it. <laughs> you know, that's that's how that's how the devil twists it in our mind because yeah. you know, if you're if you're holding bitterness, if you're holding anger, and unforgiveness it becomes bitterness if mm-hmm. you hold on to it for long enough. Yeah. You know, it starts by, it starts by holding a grudge. And the longer you hold the grudge, the larger it gets. It's like there was a little uh, book that we used to read to our daughter when she yeah. was young. Uh, don't hug a grudge. Don't hug a grudge. It was very good. It's good for adults, too. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I think every adult needs to read it to a child. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, the idea is that, that you start out by nursing a grudge, and, mm-hmm. then, the, and then the grudge grows. And it yeah. grows into um, anger, 
Yeah. And then the longer the anger grows, it, it becomes bitterness. bitterness. And, and instead of instead of you holding it, it begins to hold, hold you. you. Yeah. And when it turns to bitterness, yeah. it just affects, you know, your whole your whole thing. Yeah. It does. And and, and it just ruins your life. Yeah. And and the other person might not even know what they've done to you. Mm-hmm. They might be totally clueless. Because lots of times, when Jesus prayed, Father, forgive them, they know not what they do. Lots of times people are clueless that they've even hurt you. You know, they, uh-huh. they might have said something offhand. Yeah. And didn't mean it the way you took it. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes, you know, especially people who are, who are having trouble with their hearing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They might hear something that you didn't say. Mm-hmm. But that's it. It came through because their hearing isn't right. You yeah. know, their hearing is failing or whatever. Uh, and and uh, you know, grudges can happen and misunderstandings can happen, and and people didn't mean a thing by it. Mm-hmm. But the longer you hold on to it, the more it's going to poison you. Yeah, uh-huh. and it will kill you because unforgiveness is sin. It won't. It won't leave you alone. You know. No, it will not it leave will you just, alone. It'll always be coming. Coming to your mind and memory, you know, and something that you you see or read or something will trigger mm-hmm. a word that will trigger that in your heart, right? You know, and then it, it's just there all over again, right? You know? And and you have to understand that we are under a barrage from hell uh-huh. to try and keep us from ever becoming what God has for us to be, to keep us from doing what God brought us here to do. Yeah, you know He. He breathed each one of us into being, mm-hmm. every single one of us. He he wrote a book on our life according to uh, Psalm 139. He wrote that book about all the things. Psalm 139 doesn't spell it out this way, but it, it says that all of my days or all of my members are written in his book. And, and I believe it's all the details of what God intended for us to do and for what God intended us to be and all the relationships and the potentials of things that we that we would have the possibility of doing mm-hmm. coming here and being joined to him but then there's a barrage from hell to keep that from happening yeah now pat holleran is I say is a man of God. Uh, he is in heaven now, but he is just as much a man of God now <laughs> as he was when he walked on the earth. And he had an experience that uh, he wrote in his book, The Foundations of the Supernatural Lifestyle. And and his uh, his widow gave me permission to to quote from the book in uh, in my book because it's a, it's such an important message. And he experienced a thing that's called the presentation. Hmm. Um, the Lord allowed him to see this presentation where the angel... Yeah, on, and uh, he is a seer, too. Yes, he yes. He sees the supernatural yes. all the time. And so he's, he, the Lord showed him this, um, that uh, shortly after the baby is born, about two hours, that the angels that are going to be serving that child throughout the child's life are presented to the child, and the child is presented to the angels, and the child's purpose, the child's uh, things, destiny, destiny are spoken over the child. Yeah. But what he saw was that when these angels come, there's also a demonic scribe that comes to take notes, mm-hmm. and 
And when he takes notes, then he goes back to his, his hellish companions and they strategize for how to keep it from happening. Yeah. So we're under this attack all the time. So the Lord taught him how to deal with this demonic scribe when his granddaughter was being born. Around that time of two hours after, he prayed a circle of guardian angels around with their, with their shields locked. And they opened their shields when the angels came. And he saw the demonic scribe coming. And he pointed to the thing and he said, in the name of Jesus. And before he could even get the whole name Jesus out, uh, something like fire or lightning or something <laughs> came down and, and dealt with the, knocked over the scribe and burned up the book. Burned the book. Yeah. Burned the book. And then the Lord showed him that he could pray these things uh, for his own family and loved ones and and remove this perverse book of remembrance from the library of the enemy. That's powerful. And the Lord said, it's very simple. I will lead you into the enemy places and you will ask me to take my fire and consume the perverted book of remembrance that has all those things written in it at the time of dedication. And, and so Pat says, Lord, I ask you, take your fire and go to where the enemy has stored the perverted book of remembrance with my name, my children's names. And, and he goes on talking about the different family members and my bride and consume it with your fire. And then, Lord, take the demonic scribe who has the memory of that event and put him under the feet of Jesus. And it happened. Wow. So, Father, we're asking you to do that for all the listeners today that you will remove and burn up what has been written against them to keep them from fulfilling what God has for them. Lord, I ask you to send your mighty holy hosts to find those library books in the devil's library, in the forever loser's library, Mm -hmm. and burn them up and put those demonic scribes under the feet of the Lord Jesus for all of us, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. Just let your fire fall, Lord. Yes, Lord. Let your fire fall, Lord. Yes, let Father. your fire fall. Thank, Thank you, Father. Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Glory. Thank you, Lord. Now, in closing, I want to share a story, a personal story. My mother passed away when I was 13, and my father remarried when I was 15. And I was not happy to have a stepmother. I was an unhappy 15-year-old. And, you know, it was just, I didn't want someone else trying to take my mother's place. I did not accept her as that. And I just, I just was, I was really a mess. And so unforgiveness took a place in my heart. And even though I, at the age of 18, I had a call of God on my life and, and, and followed the call of God and and was was doing the things that God led me to do, I still had that place down in my heart of unforgiveness and and bitterness. And it wasn't until Philip and I had been married a few years, I think. I don't remember just how long it was. But we were in a meeting, and the founder of this ministry, Gwen Shaw, was preaching. I don't remember what she was preaching about at first, but then she turned and she began to preach about unforgiveness. And I thought, oh boy, here I go again. Because <laughs> <sighs> I tried to forgive. I wanted to forgive. I knew it was the right thing to do to forgive, but I didn't have that breakthrough in my heart. I hadn't really gotten through to victory. And so Sister Gwen 
told us all to make an altar at our chairs, and I got on my knees with my elbows on the chair, and I thought, okay, here we go again. Yeah, so what were you thinking at that moment? <sighs> I was thinking, here we go again. Uh, you know, I'll try. I'll try. <sighs> but it, it wasn't that I was being half-hearted about it. I just hadn't had success before, so I wasn't sure I was going to get it then. But Sister Gwen laid hands on me, and she knew my struggle with my stepmother. She knew what, what I, I was going through. And the prayer that she prayed was what set me free. She said, Father, help Sharon to forgive her because she didn't know what she was doing to her. How did that make you feel? A, a light bulb went off. A light bulb went off. It was like bigger than a light bulb. It was a flash of revelation. She didn't know what she was doing to me? You mean, no, I'm, I'm adding this. It's, it's like... She didn't know her very existence as my father's <laughs> wife <laughs> was really what the trouble was. But it was like it was like this revelation. She didn't know what she was doing to me. So that set me free because it gave me a new perspective. Mm -hmm. She didn't know. So she was wondering what the problem was, probably. You know, she knew that I wasn't that I wasn't happy with her. She knew that I was you know, uh, uh, an angry teenager <laughs> when I was still at home, but she didn't know what she was doing to me. And, and as that revelation hit me, it was like a wave of the grace of God, like a tsunami wave. I mean, maybe you've stood in, in the ocean and, and let the waves hit you. Yeah. But this was like a really big wave and it washed over me. It washed through my soul. So how did that moment change you? Uh, I was never the same. I, it set me free. It set me so completely free from all those years of bitterness and unforgiveness and grudge holding. It mm. set me free. And God gave me a song out of that. And, uh, it, once, once, I, once I recorded the song and sent it to my parents my dad and my stepmother, I was free, all the oh. way free, uh -huh. completely free. And it completely changed our relationship too. Yeah. All of a sudden, it's not that she had changed. And there were still things about her that annoyed me. <laughs> but I had the grace of God to not let it bother me. Mm -hmm. it, it's like... The, it's like water off a duck's back at that point. Exactly. Huh? It's like it, the, those same things that would have annoyed the fire out of me before were now, okay, she's still doing the same... She hasn't changed, but I have changed. Yeah. So I'm going to just sing this little song for you that the Lord gave to me. And I pray that as you listen to it, if you've been having an issue with forgiving, that the Lord will give you the grace to forgive in the same way that he gave me the grace to forgive, because it comes from him. For years I searched and struggled to find some way to forgive. I tried and tried to release the hurts so that I could freely live. But the best I could get was 80%. The wound wasn't still quite healed. 
But now God's grace has come within, and to his healing hand I yield. I forgive you, I forgive you, just as Jesus has forgiven me. I forgive you, I forgive you, just as Jesus has forgiven me. All those years I was blinded by unforgiveness within. Perhaps I was trying to fool myself, but I knew that unforgiveness is sin. And sin works death within the soul and darkness to the eyes. But Jesus has given me his light so that I can recognize those lies. I forgive you. I forgive you, just as Jesus has forgiven me. I forgive you, I forgive you, just as Jesus has forgiven me. Please forgive me. Please forgive me, just as Jesus has forgiven you. Please forgive me, please forgive me, just as Jesus has forgiven you. I forgive you. Please forgive me, just as Jesus let us forgive. That's a powerful song. So I just pray that the Lord causes that same kind of a tsunami wave of his grace to forgive, to flow over you as it did over me, and it has in other times because I learned that secret. Forgive so that you'll be forgiven. You don't want to go to hell over unforgiveness. It's real. It's absolutely real. If you'll just go out to YouTube and listen to testimonies of people that have been to hell, Hmm. they'll tell you that that's the truth. And they became their sin, and that sin of unforgiveness will keep them out of heaven. That's one of the best-kept secrets of hell, because they don't want you to know that if you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven. So forgive. And if you've been blessed by this podcast and you want to tell us your testimony, write to feedback at globaloutpouring.org. Just send us an email, feedback at globaloutpouring.org. We'd love to hear from you. And if there's any way that we can help you and pray for you, we'll be glad to do that too. So God bless you, and we look forward to the next time we can be together. 
If you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your review helps the podcasting platform suggest this podcast to other listeners who are also looking for a great move of the Holy Spirit. Check out our website at globaloutpouring.org to find out more information, read our blogs, connect with us, and donate. You can also browse our web store for life-changing anointed books. Until next time, this is Sharon Buss. And I'm Philip Buss. God bless you with his overwhelming, loving presence.